This is why I was off on Friday. We had a baby. Yes, my wife, Judith, gave birth to this beautiful little girl. Uh, her name is Madeline, and uh, now she has a big sister in addition to her parents and uh, lots of happy grandparents and uh, all kinds of people. So uh, it was a big day. They actually let me sit in the operating room, C-section, you know, and uh, right after she was born, hey, Mrs. Kelly is fine. She's just keeping a low profile, you know, uh, for the pictures, at least for the time being. Want to hear what she sounds like? How much? 37 cents. You know how much counts? It's a two. Oh my God. All right, I'll be right back She's with her, okay? You're first. She just cried a little bit. What? Uh, look, I was blown away by everything. You know, of course, uh, uh, God, his hand in all of this, and the hospital staff, my goodness gracious, so professional, such teamwork. You get the sense that the stakes are so high at a hospital, they don't have a lot of room for drama, you know what I mean? Uh, like office politics. I just got the sense that there isn't as much of that there as there is in the rest of the world. I'm sure there's a bit, but it was great. You know, now that I've had a second child, I, I thought this thought again, and I hope I keep it up. When I see people, I realize each of us started as a little cute, innocent baby, and there's still a little innocent, cute little baby, I hope, in all of us, and maybe it's a way for me to, and all of us to go a little bit easier on each other. You know, we all started out that way and everybody thinks we're cute way back then. I'd like to see, I don't know, a little more recognition, at least on my part, <laughs> that uh, we all started that way. Hope that makes sense. Also, as a father, a renewed father again, second child, I am concerned about the world she will grow up in. Will it be this crazy, woke world? I hope not. The culture is out of control right now, and I don't want my baby being judged on the things she can't control. She can't control the color of her skin. She'll never be able to do that. I don't think she'll be able to control her gender. Um, judge her on her character, like Dr. Martin Luther King said but not on the things she can't control or the things that any of us can control. But that's not really the word right now, is it? This is yes. a typical case of a white woman, white womaning, right? So we see the disrespect, we see the privilege. White women have taken an active role in the maintenance of white supremacy. He's just a white word. guy, he doesn't matter. <laughs> you don't get to mansplain right now, Mark. <laughs> and I'm the white guy on the panel to say that, so I'll shut up now. We have stood by to see mediocre, mealy-mouthed, uh, snowflake white men who are incapable of taking critique. They need to talk to the Beckys, because Beckys has always been a term. Beckys been a term around since, like, what, the 80s for these white women? So they need to look to the Beckys, see what the Beckys did, and they need to sit down somewhere. This kind of focus on the exterior, uh, this wokeness, woke will make you uh, a loser. Didn't Donald Trump say something like that? And wokeness will bring about more Kamala Harris's. Kamala Harris right now is failing in spectacular fashion as vice president. Now, why do I bring her up? Well, she was chosen. We all know this explicitly. They said, Joe, you got to pick a woman. And then after George Floyd, they said, Joe, you got to pick a woman of color. You have no choice. Well, they picked Kamala, Kamala, and it was a bad choice.
So that's decision. where the federal government must step the, in. The that's why we have the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act. That's why we need to pass the Equality Act. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I mean, I don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. When are you going to the border, the Vice President? The administration has asked... I'm not finished. <laughs> I've said I'm going to the border. If the doctors... Tell us that we should take it. I'll be the first in line to take it. Absolutely. But if Donald Trump tells us I should that we should take it, I'm not taking it. So go figure. Turns out she's a problem at the office. Uh, big time. Nobody likes her in the White House. Four staffers have resigned. Repeated reports of a toxic and dysfunctional workplace. Complaints span over two decades. In the Washington Post, of all places, they report that a Kamala Harris staff exodus reignites questions about her leadership style and her future ambitions. One former staffer said, with Kamala, you have to put up with a constant amount of soul-destroying criticism and also her own lack of confidence. So you're sort of propping up a bully. Again, this anybody could have seen this coming. When she ran for president uh, in 2019, her campaign fell apart. They got no votes, by the way. And her own campaign manager said, I am out of here and put out a pretty extraordinary letter. This is my third presidential campaign, and I have never seen an organization treat its staff so poorly. All right. A lot of us don't think that Kamala Harris is going to make it uh, through the next three years. It just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. How is this going to play out? We don't know. That brings us back to Joe Biden. He's not impressing anybody, of course. This is even worse than we thought it would be. Uh, far worse, actually. I knew it would be bad, but this bad. And, you know, our leaders, uh, foreign leaders, our adversaries are taking notice of this. When we lost so badly in Afghanistan, um, that left a mark on America. And now Joe Biden, <laughs> he does not have the clout. He does not have the sway that certainly not Donald Trump had. He doesn't have the clout that he had back in January. So why is that significant? Well, Russia, it looks like they're on the verge of invading a part of Ukraine. That's bad. We don't want it. And it looks like it could very well happen early next year. Joe Biden is going to jump on the phone tomorrow to plead with Vladimir Putin to not do this. It's scheduled for tomorrow. Biden is to press U.S. concerns about Russian military activity, warn of retaliation if Russia invades Ukraine, Putin to express Russia's opposition to admitting Ukraine to NATO. How do you think this call is actually going to go down? We know Joe doesn't have it. We've seen him run away from Steve, Peter Ducey uh, in, the, in the briefing room. What's he going to do with Putin? We don't really know, but we can imagine. You know, he's afraid to stand with Putin. He actually is. Other presidents, they'll take questions from the press uh, standing next to Putin. It's been happening for a long time. Clinton and Putin, they weren't afraid to be in a position where they might be asked some questions from reporters. Uh, there's Bush and Putin, joint press conference. Obama managed to do it as well. And of course, Donald Trump. But when it comes to Joe Biden, it's all choreographed very, very meticulously ahead of time. They don't want to hear from reporters. Uh, Joe actually worked it out so they could almost run away. How are 
you pressure Putin today? Will you find common ground? Wow. Thank goodness that door was nearby. <laughs> that was the plan. And they never had a joint press conference after that. I think he's afraid to. And that's really sad. When we come back, Dr. Fauci's boss might be even worse than Dr. Fauci. We'll be right back. Rob Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view and it's actually funny? You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app and it downloads directly to your smartphone so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's coming. All, I, All can I can say is, is that, that the, the fake, fake news just doesn't, doesn't get, get it, do they? The fake news, they love Fauci. We all know that. How about Fauci's boss? This guy named Dr. Francis Collins from the National Institute of Health. And uh, listen to the Christmas party that he had on his block. Uh, we had a little holiday party on my cul-de-sac uh, last night, and the people who organized it said, you're not coming to our house unless you prove you're vaccinated and you got a test that day. So, yes, here's my test. I'm glad to say I was negative. Hey, that's the Christmas spirit. Hi, you're not coming unless vaccinated and a test and a test. Getting a test is a pain in the neck. <laughs> He's the National Institute of Health guy. Easy for him. Just totally ridiculous. And uh, regarding Fauci, by the way, um, you know, when you're a public servant, it's okay to criticize a public servant. Somehow they think he's beyond that. And the fake news, they're so protective of him. And they're so indignant when anybody points out very legitimate potential shortcomings with this guy. Take a look. Republican Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin said this week that you've been using coronavirus to keep Americans in fear and maintain control. Take a listen. Fauci did the exact same thing with AIDS. He, he overhyped it. He created all kinds of fear, saying it could affect the entire population when it couldn't. And he's doing he's using the exact same play, playbook for COVID. Obviously, that's a bizarre and false assertion. President George W. Bush gave you the Presidential Medal of Freedom because of your leadership in the AIDS crisis, but I did want to give you an opportunity to respond. You know, Jake, how do you respond to something as preposterous as that? Overhyping AIDS, it's killed over 750,000 Americans and 36 million people worldwide. How do you overhype that? Overhyping COVID, it's already killed 780,000 Americans and over 5 million people worldwide. So I don't have any clue of what he's talking about. I don't think he does either. No, uh, Jake and Tony, let's talk about what Senator Johnson is getting at here. Dr. Fauci absolutely hyped AIDS, created an atmosphere of fear, needlessly so, because he was wrong. 
If the close contact of a child is a household contact, perhaps there will be a certain number of cases of individual who are just living with and in close contact with someone with AIDS or at risk of AIDS who does not necessarily have to have uh, intimate sexual contact or share a needle, but just the ordinary close contact that one sees in normal interpersonal relationships. Wow, huh? Let's put that up. Uh, what did he say verbatim here? If the close contact of a child is a household contact, perhaps there will be a certain number of cases of individuals who are just living with and in close contact with someone with AIDS, who is at risk of AIDS, who does not necessarily have to have intimate sexual contact or share a needle, but just the ordinary close contact that one sees in normal interpersonal relationships. So that is wrong. Uh, you could not get AIDS that way through normal household contact. And he was a... National Institute of Health Director back then saying that. So, and what about COVID? You know, hyping COVID? Well, the reaction to COVID, many of us believe was overdone, over the top. Dr. Scott Atlas in his new book writes this. Countless lives will also have been lost due to the missteps of those we trusted with working for the public good. Directly from the lockdowns, missed medical care, school closures, massive economic strains, incalculable psychological damage, especially to young people, and a worldwide humanitarian crisis will burden us for decades. Shutting down everything when this affected primarily the elderly with pre-existing conditions. I don't care if George W. Bush gave Fauci the Medal of Freedom, okay? Fauci, <laughs> it's our duty to question him, and most did not question him strongly enough. All right. Now, on to other, well, this is just kind of amusing and also a little bit sad, but totally over the top. This is CNN Breaking News. And we have breaking news to report to you right now about CNN anchor Chris Cuomo. Earlier this week, Cuomo was suspended from CNN after documents revealed he had been involved more than previously known in shaping his brother, former Governor Andrew Cuomo's defense. Cuomo, uh, Chris Cuomo, we should point out, has now been terminated here at CNN. People will never forget where they were when they heard that breaking news, that Chris Cuomo, they treated it as if the Pope died, as if the Secretary of State was just arrested. Look at their media guy going, I mean, the timeline, when, what, how, this all went down. Let's take a look at the day-by-day -day timeline this week to catch you up. On Monday, the New York Attorney General's document, Attorney General's office released that document dump. It landed with a thud. There was a lot to read, some of it damning, some of it about Chris. Now, Cuomo's view is that he All never right. engaged And it goes on and on and on like this. Some guy on cable TV lost his job. Who cares? The mainstream media, they cannot stop talking about this story. Now, um, if you ask ordinary people what time Chris Cuomo's show comes on television, I swear you could ask 10,000 of them, they will not know the answer. I, for one, have actually never seen his show. No offense, but uh, I got other things to do. I got my own show to worry about. This really is bizarre, though, the, the level of attention this received all weekend long. The New York Times put it on their front uh, page on Sunday. Front page. Now, let's compare that to something. Walter Cronkite, 
Walter Cronkite was a legend, all right? Uh, decades uh, lead anchor there at CBS. Back when we got our news basically from three newspapers and three guys, the major networks. That was it. And Cronkite was was special. I mean, there he is with Eisenhower. I mean, he's that guy did everything. And to find out stuff that happened, we had to hear it from him, like when Kennedy died. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. Wow, and that's the way it is, or that's the way it was. Cronkite was a million light years more important than Chris Cuomo. And even with all that importance, how did the New York Times treat his departure back in 1981? Look at that. It was on page C30, next to some advertisement, Dan Rather to succeed Cronkite. And when they actually made the switch a few months later, they put the story in the New York Times on page 47 above the TV guide section. All right, there's television at the bottom, and yes, amid the fuss, Cronkite says a quiet, quiet good night. But for Chris Cuomo, even Fox. All right, now to a Fox News alert just breaking here in the last few moments. Chris Cuomo has been fired from CNN. How will we all get by? I just don't know. I just don't know. Now, look. Um, you could have fired Chris Cuomo a long time ago because he pretended that show was a fact-based show. It really was an opinion show. Um, but now he's got some problems that I don't think are fair. Uh, one of those Me Too lawyers is now involved, a woman by the name of Deborah Katz. She represented Christine Blasey Ford. More on that in a second. She put out a statement tonight. Uh, or I'm sorry, over the weekend, that reads as follows. A young woman has come forward with an accusation. My client came forward at this time because she felt in sharing her story and related documentation, she could help protect other women. Now, that's pretty laughable, actually, um, because, well, take a look at this, please. Uh, the accusation comes from somebody who worked with him at ABC News, ABC News. Now, when did Chris Cuomo work at ABC News? Let's put up his resume, if you don't mind, his TV resume. 2000 to 2013. That is almost nine years ago. So somewhere in there, it's alleged that he sexually harassed somebody or, or whatever. And now the person is emerging to protect other women. This is the uh, this is the post Christina Blasey Ford world we live in, I guess. Christine Blasey Ford, remember that she could not mention the house, the address, the year, could not establish that she had ever met Kavanaugh. And there's uh, Deborah Katz. That's the type of person we are dealing with. And whenever I think of her and I think of Christine Blasey Ford and that ridiculous hearing that we all had to stop and watch for three days as they put Judge then Judge Kavanaugh through hell, I think of the allegations against Joe Biden waged by Tara Reid. Now, Tara Reid, this is a matter of record, was on Joe Biden's staff in the early 1990s, on his Senate staff. She alleges a, a sexual assault uh, committed by Joe Biden against her. And nothing. She gets no respect. Mainstream media totally ignore it. 
or bury it. It's wild. It's incredibly, incredibly unfair. We'll see what happens to Cuomo, although most people, I'm sorry, don't care. We'll be right back. Information. Truth. Is freedom. Is Newsmax. It's real news for real people. Have you ever heard of a guy named Ray Epps? He's 65 years old. He runs some sort of wedding venue in uh, Arizona. And it looks to me and a lot of other people like he was trying to incite a riot on January 6th. Yet for some reason, the FBI doesn't seem all too interested in him anymore. He's never been arrested, never been charged. But look at some of the antics he pulled that time. In fact, tomorrow, I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. Well, let's not say it. We need, we need to go, I'll say it. We need to go in to the Capitol. Let's go! I'm going to put it out there. I'm probably going to go to jail for Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. What? No! Peacefully. Fed, 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 fed. Huh. What's that all about? People, the Trump supporters are saying fed, fed, fed. They don't trust this guy. And then on January 6th, you're going to see some stuff here. You see the guy, Epps, with his red hat on, whisper to somebody as they're about to, uh, well, take a look. So uh, what did uh, Mr. Epps say to that guy? What's happening here? Why isn't Mr. Epps? I mean, they're, they're arresting anybody who looked at the Capitol that day. Why not him? Now, for a brief period of time, he was on the FBI uh, most wanted list related to January 6th, uh, number 15 or so down there. That's him. But the list was scrubbed and he was taken off it. Why is that? A lot of folks want to know, including members of Congress, were there federal agents inside that mob? What was his relation to the federal government? People are asking, and they should. As far as we can determine, the individual who was saying he'll probably go to jail, he'll probably be arrested, but he wants every, but they need to go into the Capitol the next day, is then the next day directing people to the Capitol. And as far as we can find, this individual has not been charged with anything. You said this is one of the most sweeping investigations in the history. Uh, have you seen that video or those frames from that video? So as I um, uh, said at the outset, uh, one of the norms of the Justice Department is to not comment on impending investigations and particularly not to comment about uh, particular scenes or particular individuals. This okay, without, I, I was hoping today to give you an opportunity to put to rest 
the concerns that people have that there were federal agents or assets of the federal government present on January 5th and January 6th. Can you tell us, without talking about particular incidents or particular videos, how many agents or assets of the federal government were present on January 6th, whether they agitated to go into the Capitol, and if any of them did? So I'm not going to violate this norm of, uh, of, of uh, the rule of law. I'm not going to comment on an investigation that's ongoing. Wow, he seems to be a little bit uh, uncomfortable, doesn't he? Merrick Garland uh, just kind of, I don't know. <laughs> because the guy that Epps whispered to, his name is Ryan Samsell, he's in a lot of trouble. He's facing a slew of federal charges. His trial is scheduled to start sometime next year. There's so much we don't know about January 6th and what really happened. All right, meanwhile in Chicago... Look at what they're doing. Look at what they're doing to this poor bus driver. 49-year-old bus driver being beaten to a pulp. We've looked very carefully at this video, by the way. No signs of uh, white supremacy, okay? Anyway, horrible scene. We see this all the time. Mayor Lightfoot, what do you think about this? As you know, uh, last night another large group of juveniles flooded the loop in Millennium Park. They beat up a CTA bus driver. A 15-year-old was shot. A 13-year-old slammed to the ground. Their gym shoes stolen. Then they went to Millennium Park and let off fireworks where tourists thought it was gunshots and flooded. Started tearing down Christmas decorations, jumped on cars, smashed windshields. When the heck is this going to stop and what can you do differently? Because this hasn't happened in such a high degree of a level of vandalism since July 4th. Well, uh, look, I haven't gotten the full full readout of what happened uh, last night, so I'm not going to credit all the things. You, you haven't said. gotten a full readout. The details, obviously. They just all the way down to the shoes. Number one, um, our children who are behaving themselves have a right to be any place they are. They want to be in our city. Underscoring if they're behaving themselves. Behave, children. Behave. But then, a few moments later, she actually. Finally, after advocating all this woke nonsense, defund, uh, protest, rioting, no difference, she actually spoke some sanity. Do you know where your kid is? Are you making sure that you are talking to your ch um, children about how they need to act and behave uh, when they're in a large crowd? We've got to rely upon and, and urge and hold parents accountable as well when their kids are out um, downtown, just as my, I wouldn't let my 13-year-old out, but if she was older and she was downtown, but believe me, I would have a conversation with her before she left my household. And if I found out that she acted a fool, as my parents would say, then there'd be a reckoning and accountability when she got back home. And we have a right to expect that that's also happening with young people all across our city. I'm not the parent of these children, nor are the police officers the parents of these children. We've got to have some adult responsibility um, in helping us raise our kids and making sure that they're doing the right thing. True. George Floyd, may he rest in peace. So he had a nephew named Cortez Rice, and uh, this guy is uh, getting into trouble. Man, that man is Cortez Rice, nephew of George Floyd, charged in harassment against a judge. 
uh, in controversial cases, he's becoming some sort of uh, crusader. He showed up outside a judge's house and creepily ran videotape. We got confirmation that this is her house right here. <clears throat> Waiting for the gang to get up here. Predominantly white neighborhood. Look at this. <clears throat> Peace and love, all power to the people. Yikes. Uh, he has a beef with this being an all-white neighborhood. He's uh, waiting for his friends to arrive to do no, to do who knows what. Also, uh, he was taking notes of who was in that Rittenhouse jury. I ain't even gonna name the people that I know that's up in the, in the Kenosha, I mean, in the Kenosha trial. But there's cameras in there. It's definitely cameras up in there, and there's definitely people taking pictures of the juries and everything like that. We know what's going on. So we need the same results, man. We need the same results. Justice for Dante Wright, justice for all stolen lives. All right, calm down. I'm sorry. You, can, uh, you can't do this stuff. It's actually against the law. It doesn't matter if you're the nephew of uh, George Floyd. Take a look. Once again, he's in trouble, charged with harassment and a bunch of other things. Again, for a while there, um, they were calling him the nephew of George Floyd. But now that he's been charged, it's just man, M-A-N, trying to keep George Floyd out of this at this point. All right. When we come back, can Kamala Harris last another six months as vice president? It's a big question mark. Be right back. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now, there's a place America gets its news. No agenda. Just the facts. Newsmax. Real news for real people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how do you... How do... <laughs> Something is not right with that woman. <laughs> And uh, everyone's starting to notice, even the left-wing news, a Kamala Harris staff exodus reignites questions about her leadership style and her future ambitions. In this weekend's Washington Post, it goes on, one former staffer said, with Kamala, you have to put up with a constant amount of soul-destroying criticism and also her own lack of confidence. So you're constantly sort of propping up a bully. Wow. Uh, Talk about a head case. Well, we'll see. I want to bring in Seamus Bruner. He is the director of research and government accountability at the Government Accountability Institute. He's written extensively on uh, Washington politics and strategy, and he knows this subject very thoroughly. Seamus, welcome back. How are you? Yeah, it's good to be with you. Does she have a drug or alcohol problem? <laughs> well, she has an authenticity problem, that is for sure. It, it very much reminds us of Hillary Clinton, just the cackle. And uh, yeah, she's not having a great week. Her good friend, Jussie Smollett, who she said was the kindest and gentlest human, is on trial. Uh, and also her staff are running for the exits. Well, th I don't mean to make light because substance abuse is a real thing. And if she does have a problem, and I have heard through high level uh, sources that she might have a problem. And if she does, I hope she gets help. Uh, but her erratic behavior and everybody running, do you think, look, we've heard the rumors 
They don't want her. They want another vice president. Now, you, <laughs> the only mechanism they have would be impeachment or resignation. Do you think she lasts an entire term? It's really, frankly, amazing that we're talking about Kamala not lasting an entire term. I think that that's a, that's a possibility. Um, I think this whole situation is a testament to the just common sense of the American people. Nobody wanted Kamala. They forced her upon us. She couldn't even get 2% polling. And that was before we found out what her, what she, you know, her staff experienced. Now that we know that she's destroying souls in the vice president's office, uh, yeah, I think they want her out as soon as possible. Why not? And uh, I guess, what do you do? How can you make that happen? Well, we'll see. It's kind of unprecedented. Uh, Spiro Agnew, I think they didn't like him very much, but <laughs> he was indicted and he pretty much had no choice. So this would be a, a Meghan Markle move, you know, go to Netflix, make money, something along those lines. Yeah, I, I can't imagine uh, how, they, how the polling is going to, you know, turn out in 2024. I mean, if she's going to run in 2024, they've already said Joe Biden's not going to run. This is, this is just chaos, and uh, it's sort of fun to watch. So your uh, most recent book, or the one that came out in July of 2020, Fallout, Nuclear Bribes, Russian Spies, and the Washington Lies that Enriched the Clinton and Biden Dynasties. Calling on your expertise there, you know, Joe Biden is supposed to uh, call, up Joe, uh, call up Vladimir Putin tomorrow and plead with him not to invade uh, Ukraine. And I think he's going to lay out a couple of uh, positions, what we want, I guess, Putin. I think we might have a quick summary sheet of, of all of that. Do you think Joe is um, up to such a phone call? Uh, we know that he can't appear with him on the same stage uh, confidently the way other leaders have. Uh, what do you think? How, how could this call go? Yeah, Joe Biden has no credibility on Ukraine or Russia matters going all the way back to his time as a senator, but certainly as the vice president. He has no credibility and Putin knows it. I mean, the, the Russia reset it's covered extensively in the book and all of the many, many failures there. That all began when Vice President Joe Biden in February 2009 announced that it's time to press the reset button with Russia. Now, Russia had just invaded Georgia at that time, so there was no reason to be giving them any sort of deal, let alone what transpired under the Russia reset. Under the Joe Biden, uh, Barack Obama, Russia reset, we canceled missile defense. That was a huge win for Russia's military. We scrapped nuclear uh, defense treaties and we cut our own nuclear defense capabilities to favor Russia. And we actually, Joe Biden in the situa situation room, made the decision to sweep the Russian spy ring under the rug. There was this thing called the illegals program. Uh, a spy named Anna Chapman kind of became the face of it all. Uh, she was on the cover of Maxim. All of these Russian spies were in the United States. They had infiltrated the highest levels of American politics and finance. And Joe Biden, in the Situation Room, said, we need to sweep this under the rug because, quote, we don't want to create a flap with Russia. This was according to Obama's own defense secretary, Bob Gates. He wrote about this in a memoir. And that's just in 2010. Now, that failed Russia reset leads us to the crisis in Ukraine with a revolution. Joe Biden gets put as point man on that by uh, President Obama. And what does Joe Biden do? He leverages foreign aid to help benefit his son, Hunter, who is taking a million dollars a year from a corrupt Ukrainian gas company. The, the Bidens 
have zero credibility in Russia or Ukraine. Putin knows this, and I think that's why he's bringing troops to the border in Ukraine, because all around the world, foreign policy dump, dumpster fires abound. I mean, you've got China and Taiwan. We're not going to be sanctioning the Iranians for their nuclear program. It's really unbelievable, but it's deja vu all over again. You know, fake news may be afraid to report uh, Hunter Biden's issues, but I don't think Putin is afraid to know about those issues. And uh, I'm sure he knows about them very, very well. Listen, Seamus, we appreciate it. Once again, Seamus Bruner, Director of Research at the Government Accountability Institute. And uh, to be continued, sir, we'll be right back. Fox News alert just breaking here in the last few moments. Chris Cuomo has been fired from CNN. Wow. Breaking news and front page news in The New York Times. Front page news that some guy on cable lost his show. Most Americans don't even know he has that show. You compare this to Walter Cronkite. Walter Cronkite was perhaps the most Important broadcast journalist who ever lived, might not have been the best, might have been a bit of a lefty. When he left, when Dan Rather took his job, the New York Times put it on page C30. And when they actually made the switch, that was the announcement, they put it even deeper in the paper on page 47, right on top of the TV guide. <laughs> Cronkite says goodbye. What has happened to our media culture? Um, I want to cover all this with Brent Bozell, the great Brent Bozell, president and founder of the Media Research Center. He is also the author of Stops Along the Way, A Catholic Soul, A Conservative Heart, An Irish Temper, and A Love of Life, to be released tomorrow, December 7th. Congratulations. We'll ask you about the book as well. Brent, welcome. How are you? A great, great research. Well, I got to tell you, I was really wondering about that. And it occurred to me, like, why are we making such a big deal? And I remember when Cronkite left. And sure enough, why are we so obsessed or why is the fake news so obsessed with these little watched liberal TV folks? Well, one is the only people who watch them are reporters from The New York Times who write the stories. That and people at the dental office. But the, the, look, the last, think about Bernie Shaw for a second, the, the reporter for CNN, the anchor, you know, in the 1990s. Sure. He was the least known, most important reporter in, on cable news. And both by that, I mean that when you watched CNN, you didn't watch Bernie Shaw. You watched the news. When you watched CBS under Walter Cronkite, you were watching the news. He was secondary to this. Now it's all about the anchor. Now it's all about the news anchor, Mar uh, Chris Cuomo. If you have a talk show like yours, that's perfectly fine. If it's a show about that Hannity is hosting, that Levin is hosting, that Kelly is hosting, that's perfectly fine. But with Chris Cuomo, it was supposed to be a news program. So you're right. It ought not to have been on the front page. It should have been on the C-section. It's interesting, you know, and uh, 
I would be perfectly okay if he just said, this is an opinion show. I say that about my show. And quite frankly, we already know what happened because of our phones by the time eight o'clock or nine o'clock or 10 o'clock rolls around whenever his show is on. So the idea that you're just gonna find out what happened, I'm not sure if that's as valuable anymore, but they still insist on the, um, on the pretense, you know? Why call it, why call him a news anchor when he's having a talk show? And he's, he's interviewing his brother and passing softball. There's no news in that. In fact, if you think about the cable news network, there's very little news. There's very little news on Fox News. If you're going to have commentary, have commentary. Now, another point about Chris Cuomo and this whole story. This is what really gets me. The, the fact, the idea that suddenly a light bulb went off at CNN. Oh, my God. They learned he was helping his brother. You don't need to look for phone calls. You don't need to look for special emails. All you needed to do was watch television. Let me tell you another piece of BS. This idea that they just learned that he might be some kind of a sexual predator. Look, this goes back to ABC. They knew he's a Cuomo. They knew who he was. They knew what he was doing. And for the, them to have the idea that suddenly they learned all this, this is just hypocritical. Well, I'm sorry. Brent, what, that's one thing, though. Look, in my book, he could have been fired a long time ago when Rudy Giuliani fact-checked him and, and, and Cuomo insisted. He was very disrespectful. But uh, regarding this allegation, it comes from when he was at ABC. And the lawyer involved is Deborah Katz. And she's the one who facilitated Christine Blasey Ford. And I, I see this as a selective type of cancel culture, and they can pull the trigger on you whenever they want. And I, I'm a little, look, I, we have his resume, uh, Cuomo's tenure at ABC. He was there from 2000 to 2013. And now this woman comes forward, allegedly, she says, to protect women. That's her goal, to protect women. I mean, if she wanted to protect women, I think you might have come forward uh, whenever it happened, not nine yeah. years later. So I, I find that part of the story, I'm, I'm somewhat sympathetic to Cuomo, and I because I find that a little absurd. This uh, anything that Deborah Katz touches after the Christine Blasey Ford thing. Two two areas where I agree with you. Number one, um, I sympathize with somebody who is as loyal to his family as Chris Cuomo is. Had Chris Cuomo done everything with all those phone calls, all that stuff he was doing behind the scenes, had he simply taken a leave of absence right. from CNN, or at the very least recused himself from any coverage of his brother, I'd have no problem with it. But this shows the arrogance of Chris Cuomo, that he would do that and go on national television and call himself a news network. The second area, and I'm even stronger in my, in my support for you on this position. When you look at these women, and, and the, the Kavanaugh story was a perfect example of this, who come forward years and years after the, the, the fact. Clarence Thomas, Anita Hill, years after the fact. I'm sorry, I don't buy it. I if understand. You, I throw the book at somebody if somebody comes forward then. But they waited till Chris Cuomo was was gone, and then they went after him. Brent, come back later this week. We're going to talk about the book and a lot more to talk about in the media landscape. We have to run. Thank you so much, sir, from the Media Research Thanks. Center. Thanks. We'll be right back.
A liberty-loving American takes on Washington, Hollywood, and the whole media establishment. He's Chris Salcedo. Join his fight. Tune in to The Chris Salcedo Show every weekday afternoon on Newsmax. I got to go home and check on the baby. Actually, she's in the hospital. All's well. Uh, standard. The mom and the baby, my wife, they're all great. Thank you. See you tomorrow.